You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. ABC Tonight. Special Agent Will Trent. Judge Bureau Investigation. I told him I'd bring my best. Will sees things that no one else does. Based on the New York Times bestselling series. But why Will Trent? He's good police and he's objectively hot. See crime. Put out an Amber Alert. There's a kidnapping. Through his eyes. He read that crime scene like it was a book. Ramon Rodriguez is. I'm a pretty observant guy. Will Trent. Series premiere tonight, tonight central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Welcome to Fan Theory Queries, where we analyze fan theories from all over the internet, but mostly Reddit. My name is Laura. I'm Michael. And I'm Spencer. Let's begin the show with this theory query. Has Bruno from Encanto been using his extremely powerful gift to watch telenovelas from the future? So this comes to us from Reddit, from the user u slash potsticker17, and the title of the theory is... Bruno has been using his gift for personal entertainment. So the author of the post writes, When we finally meet Bruno, one of the first things he tells Mirabelle is that he thinks her real gift was acting. A little later, he shows her his setup where they had tiny stages and cutouts for sets for his rats to perform. Some of the shows he asked Mirabelle if she wants to watch with him are game shows and telenovelas. And she looks at him like he's insane as if she has never heard of these things before the setting for Encanto has kind of a vague date associated with it and is estimated to be somewhere around 1950s when relating it to some of the events and flashbacks mentioned although television was invented a while before that the first game shows didn't come around until the late 40s telenovelas in the 70s and the tv itself wasn't even popular in Colombia as a whole until the mid 50s with as secluded as the town was being intentionally cut off from major populations by the Encanto creating a mountain range to keep people out it's unlikely that there would have been a whole lot of tv merchants making their way to the area Bruno himself wouldn't have crossed to buy one since he admitted he was afraid to go that way And even if someone in town had one, Bruno, being an outcast pariah that he was, wouldn't have been able to show up at their house to watch anything. So then, the question is, how would he have known about that stuff? With his power to see the future, it's likely that he just got bored and zoned out, which activated a passive ability of him seeing the future. He can kind of choose what he wants to see already, like when people ask him to tell them their future, he can tune directly into them for the response. So this passive ability may work to just automatically tune into what he would find interesting at the time, like a game show or telenovela that may not have existed yet. He could have designed the sets for the rats based on his visions and tried to have them reenact what he saw and developed his multiple personalities and love for acting from the leading men he saw in the future. Hmm. So Bruno in Encanto uses his gift of prophecy to have fun to lounge to Netflix and chill by himself. <laughs> so basically at this point, this is when we're going to discuss the theory and, and see what we have to say about it. Mm-hmm. So any thoughts guys on this? What do you, what do you feel after hearing that? I like the idea. Um, the guy's got to have something to do. I mean, he's, if you haven't seen the movie, well, spoilers too late. We probably shouldn't talk about him actually. Oh, it took me too long to get to that joke. Yeah, that was kind of a fail. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But um, if he's staying away in the walls of the house, what's he going to do other than watch TV in the future? What else would you do? Yeah, I mean, he's got a gift. He might as well use it for some fun. 
Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I totally agree. And, and I think it's totally plausible that, yeah, he's like, but do you think it's almost to like the frequency of whatever the bat's name was in Anastasia where like he has a little, it's Bartok. almost like Bartok and he could like use that. There was a wire in his head or something, wasn't there? And he would like tune uh, into radio frequencies. Is it almost like that of he's actually watching the television in his mind or is he watching a television in someone's house Oh, in um, his mind? That's a good question. I would see it as he's watching someone watching television. Okay. So he's seeing them watching the television. Yeah. What do you think he's watching? And maybe even like movies at the movie theater too, yeah. right? Maybe Mirabelle's grand grandkids. Oh, wow. Yeah. Maybe, maybe he's like, Mirabelle, I'm going no, to watch your I grandkids. I hate that you just did that. I hate that you say that all the time and you found a way to get that into the podcast. <laughs> well, I love it. So what kinds of things do you think... Uh, what kinds of game shows? Like if he was watching American game shows around that time, or I guess it would be any time. Like what kind of thing would be fun? the funniest? Which time? Anytime. If he's watching game shows in the future, I'd like to think that maybe hmm, if he's got little mice people, maybe American Gladiators. <laughs> I think I think American Gladiators came around the 80s. Mm -hmm. So have we established that he's watching stuff from the seventies or is he going further into the future? Well, I mean, he very well Anywhere. could, I think we're just yeah. postulating that he could have done any gotcha. of it. Cause mm -hmm. well then, yeah, I agree. American gladiator would definitely be on the top. Um, I would have to say, uh, like double dare to go in like the Nickelodeon <laughs> route. Nice. I think that'd be fun. I was actually thinking the modern with the Wayne Brady hosting, let's make a deal. Mm -hmm. I, 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 I oh, see yeah. that. He probably, do you think he like turned on, reality tv shows that was gonna then, be my next like, question keeping, <laughs> survivor keeping up with the kardashians <laughs> yeah. oh survivor man if he, or... if he saw keeping up with the kardashians there's i, I don't think he'd want to see that's why we future. don't talk about yeah. Right yes yeah <laughs> <laughs> he's been influenced too much mm -hmm. definitely okay so the guy that can see the future that's not always the most reliable but he still sees something some semblance of it I don't think that it's he's not reliable. I think he is reliable. He yeah. knows what he's seeing. It's just that his people skills are not good. Mm. I mean, maybe you could speak to this of not being able to put the right words out there to explain what you're saying clearly to someone. But what we see in the vision is not what happened. Like it was about or the was hug. It? The hug with Isabel was the, supposed to break the curse, but was it was it? the one with his grandma. No, because remember, then they go back in, look, and then they see the butterfly. And the butterfly is the symbol of grandma and grandpa. So that was in the vision too. And the butterfly effect. So not only... Don't bring Ashton Kutcher into this. <laughs> Please no. But it, <laughs> it also involves time travel. So then I validate what you just said. If we're going to rate this theory, first of all, Michael, why don't you share with us the rating scale for fan theories? Okay, so we have basically four different categories. Um, if something is uh, just the best theory that we've heard and we feel like it's actually better than the canon, then we classify that as genius. Uh, the next step down from that is plausible. That's where it's a good theory and it's believable. Not necessarily better than the actual canon, but we'd, we'd be behind it. Uh, the next one is unlikely. And that means that it's not a terrible theory, but it's pretty unlikely that that's actually how it would happen. And then the last one is preposterous. Um, basically, that's just stupid. 
Um, <laughs> that we, we basically say like we're all dumber for having listened to this theory yes. pretty much so <laughs> definitely so that's it uh spencer do you want to kick us off with your rating yes i wouldn't go so far as to say that it's genius it's fun i think it's plausible um there has to be some explanation for how he knows these things and as the theory says we don't know the date that this takes place in, but clearly just by observing everything, there is no much, not much technology, right? So he has to be getting his information to base these things off of from somewhere. And I think that's a plausible explanation. Actually, everything you just said, I think sets the case for being a genius Mm. theory. Okay. Well, we have criteria (laughs) that is different. So, so is that your rating genius I, I go with genius i would have to sit at a solid plausible maybe somewhere in between plausible and genius mm-hmm. i don't think it's quite the level of genius but for sure plausible it's definitely something that the normal person wouldn't think of right like i didn't come up in my mind while i was watching hey how would he know what these things are mm-hmm. it you wasn't know? it was because it was i feel like it was such a fleeting little detail of right. the movie when you think about the whole story that's mm. not really a major plot point mm. but uh or at least i mean the character of bruno is mm. but not that little aspect of him so it's not something that i spent a whole lot of time thinking about so major props to pot sticker 17 for sitting there and actually like picking apart all that stuff i mean there are so many things yeah. you can pick apart about that movie but i this yes, is there a, are. <laughs> yeah. this is something that's a, a delightful little right pick apart yeah, I agree. Cool. Well, that's that one. Michael, why don't we go on over to you for your theory that you picked? Awesome. So this next one is also from Reddit, uh, from user Remote Impact 3927 His or hers theory is uh, that Joker in the Dark Knight was actually a cop. So they write in their post, I was talking to my mom about Batman theories about the Dark Knight Joker, and I brought up the Joker is a soldier theory. And my mom had a different idea that what if he was a cop? And it actually made sense. Uh, Joker seems to know a lot about Gotham's underground, the mob, the crooked cops, and its alcoholic commissioner. As a cop, Joker would know all this if he was in Gotham before Batman. Joker also has a lot of weapons that could have come from the police lockup. And we all know Gotham isn't a safe place. I also believe that Joker was on the force when Batman showed up and that he was investigating him, which could explain the obsession. And it could have been the case of a lifetime. Imagine catching the Batman, you know, and how that would have made him a fa- the most famous cop in Gotham. Now, uh, and now why he went insane. Uh, the answer is simple. The fear toxin. And Batman begins whenever Scarecrow releases his fear toxin and Gotham is covered with it. Uh, Joker experienced everything he fears, which broke him. The scars probably came from himself. He might have hurt himself while he was freaking out. Um, When he finally came to, his brain was broken, but maybe half broken. And he's there, but not all there. Whoever the Joker was is gone. And maybe he remembers and finally sees Gotham for what it is. Chaos. And he's going to fix it and save its soul. It's what the cop in him wanted to wanted to be, the hero. And the stories he tells about how he got these scars, probably because he doesn't even remember hope you like this theory. If you have any evidence to help prove it, let them know. One thing I will say is the one thing that could destroy this theory 
is where a Joker or where does Joker get the clothes? Like what Commissioner Gordon said, clothing is costume. Clothing is custom. It was custom oh, is what custom. they said. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, clothing yeah, they is misspelled custom. it in the post. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, could have come from police lockup, but they realized uh, that it was missing or like the bazooka. The minions could be criminals that he knew that needed a boss, like a, a gang that uh, had lost their leader or whatever. So basically they end it with the Dark Knight Joker was a cop that went insane because of the fear toxin. So what do you guys think about this? I have my own thoughts, but I want to see what you guys think. Um, First off, I want to say I like that this, uh, that, that OP went ahead and covered all the bases of like the scars, yeah. clothing, like associate. I mean, you brought that all in on the theory. That's really great to help, you know, explain all of that together and and so i think that's really a good way to to lay the case out um i i like the idea of him being a cop i like that he even tied it in with batman begins and and i could see maybe i mean i i didn't i don't look at the ages of the actors but i feel like the joker would be older than bruce wayne at least i mean maybe not in this movie in particular Mm -hmm. but in batman lore i feel i don't some people say they're contemporaries i feel like the joker would be a little bit older than bruce wayne yeah um so i mean i i mean there's some cool stuff in here you want to try to punch some holes in it well yes (laughs) but uh there wouldn't be my holes somebody else's holes that punched from the comments on this post i will say that some other people added some good um fan to the fire uh this person said never him remember him criticizing you mean fanning the flames (laughs) fanning the fan theory (laughs) 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 remember him criticizing batman's interrogation techniques Mm. never start with the head yep is that interrogation or is that torture (laughs) (laughs) jason bourne is that something you asked jason bourne (laughs) 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 um so there's that, but some other people were like, the biggest biggest criticism of this one was um, if you were a cop, he would be fingerprinted in the system. And that's one of the things they oh, said. they can't find his fingerprints. No prints. No record of prints. Now someone also counters that by saying, well, he could have gotten the system and deleted them or whatever. But, you know, it's just how much you want to, how much wiggle room you want to put in there. Okay, well, you're reading about other people poking holes. What about mm-hmm. Spencer? um original here i'm just not that but what i will say is that i think it's he's got some kind of training like military not military but he's got he knows how to handle a weapon um i've tried to like watch his physicality to see if like nothing because there's the theory that he's like a soldier but there's nothing about his posture or anything that conveys that um so i mean i don't really have anything that would poke holes in it what are you you thinking michael so just to count uh kind of counter what you just said about his posture and movements and stuff i think that it's still kind of a plausible thing that his posture could have changed whenever he went insane Mm -hmm. um when you when your mind fractures like that you are having completely different physicality as well as mental uh, being so i i don't think that that would necessarily be on my list to poke through uh some of these but um yeah i i think that this is at least plausible i mean obviously i know 
the Batman lore from the comics and stuff. And there's never any instance where he was a cop that I remember. Um, but I mean, it's something that there would be a fun, um, like one shot story where he was previously a cop or a soldier, uh, because the points they make are, are pretty good. The, the fact that he knows how to handle the weapons. Um, they said that the, his henchmen could have been, uh, just generic, uh, mob henchman who didn't have a boss anymore that he knew about from his cop days. And he basically just swooped in and filled that gap for them. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I think that, uh, I think this is fairly plausible in my opinion. I like that uh, the, they give a reason for his obsession with Batman. Yeah. 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 He wanted to be the one to catch him. But my, my question, the big thing I would, would want to know even in Christopher Nolan or in the like the bat the movie itself, we don't ever really get a straight answer of why he does adopt this Joker persona, you know, other than the fact that okay, he's kind of got this makeshift, you know, disfigured smile. Like, what is there? Like, could you think of anything of his background as being a cop that would like Yeah, so I actually just had a thought, like, if we went with like the soldier theory, maybe Joker was his call sign. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that just that's the one part of his mind that where it, when it was fractured, it kind of stuck. But he doesn't remember exactly why it was there. He just remembers the name Joker, right. and so he just embraced that. Um, but also uh, another point um, in in the Dark Knight, whenever um, whenever he and his henchmen are part of the police parade, mm-hmm. um, and they try to assassinate that uh, was the mayor. Yeah. Um, whenever he's got his normal skin on, doesn't have his, his makeup on or whatever, and he's in the, the police outfit, mm-hmm. that could very easily be his old police uniform, you know? Well, and, and he, he could be like, he could still have some friends on the force who are corrupt cops. Cause we all know that the cops in Gotham are corrupt and that's how he was able to get in with his henchmen and, and do this. Cause I mean, what cops aren't going to notice a random random guy even on a large force like that like yep. they're still gonna know faces just from around lining the up rank and file like yeah. that for such a precise um like uh, not military honors but police honors like that you would know exactly who's on that particular i don't know battalion or squadron who's going to be doing that yeah. part kind of like a color guard they know who each other is um, but I they just, show i'll just say they at, before that he gets shot, they show Bruce Wayne goes to that room and all the guys that were part of that little regiment of guys doing the call to arms, whatever it's called, they're all in their underwear because they got ambushed and their uniforms got stolen. That's why they're, that's where mm, they got the stolen. True. Oh yeah. That's, that's a fair uh, uniforms. point. Yeah. I was going to say, as I'm looking at this more about, he's going to, uh, finally sees uh, Gotham for what it is, chaos, and he's going to fix it and save its soul? I don't think so. I think he's trying to just go, see, you can't fix it. You can't save it. And he's just trying to... Embrace it. He's he's mm-hmm. throwing gasoline on that fire. Yeah, there's nothing about him that... He's not trying to save anything, no. yeah. in my opinion. Yeah. So that's one place where OP, I think, is wrong. Is that it's the cop in him that wants to be the hero? Uh-uh. There's no. no. If there was a cop in him ever, they were never the hero cop. That cop is one of those guys that goes out there and takes pulls women over and takes advantage of them and and beats people that haven't actually 
done anything wrong. You know, right. like those dirty cops that we hear about. I I could see him being one of the dirty cops. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So what's your rating? I'm not going to go so far as to say it's preposterous. So I'm just going to say it's an implausible, implausible, um, unlikely, yeah, unlikely. Mm-hmm. That's it. I'm going to go with that too. I think it's unlikely. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to go with unlikely as well. It's, it's an interesting theory. And like I said before, it would be a fun, like one off Batman story, Definitely. but it just doesn't hold up to what we see of the character and the majority of the comics that are out there. Mm-hmm. Cool. All right. Thanks for that one, Michael. Um, next up, I'm going to read Chris Pratt exists within the Parks and Rec universe as a separate person from Andy Dwyer. <laughs> <laughs> this comes from user four dimensional toilet. <laughs> I love the username. Yes. So I, I love these kinds of crossover things too. So buckle in. This is a fun one and it's very short. So in season four, episode 11 of Parks and Recreation, the comeback kid, the Parks and Rec staff spend time discussing comeback stories. And one of the ones they mentioned is Robert Downey Jr.'s comeback story. And as Iron Man was a big part of RDJ's comeback. So this implies that the MCU as a film franchise exists within the Parks and Rec universe. And Chris Pratt plays Peter Quill, Star-Lord, within the MCU. And he also plays Andy Dwyer in Parks and Rec. And because the MCU exists within the P- the parks and rec universe it can be inferred that chris pratt also exists within the parks and rec universe but that he never played andy dwyer so of course there could still be an mcu in which quilt is played by some other actor and chris pratt the actor does not exist in the pnr universe but i like the idea of what i was saying above so whatever (laughs) that's a direct quote from (laughs) four-dimensional toilet i love it (laughs) so um I love these kinds of things. And this is what I was talking to uh, you guys earlier about. I've seen similar things like this come up most notably. I mean, I don't know how widely watched. I feel like most TV shows, new streaming TV shows, season one is not that popular until after season two has come out Mm -hmm. and then people will pick it up. So We've only had one season so far of the Hulu series, Only Murders in the Building, starring Steve Martin, Martin Short, and Selena Gomez. But um, a fun thing happens in there of Martin Short talking about Steve Carell on The Office and his character, Michael Scott. And uh, they he talks about how he's such an idiot. And he and it, I think he was annoyed by the character. Wasn't he? Do y'all remember? I think that so. It's little... been a while since I've seen it, but I'm pretty sure you're right. Right. So then... Fast forward, and later we see a new character pop up on the series, and she is, I'm sorry, I'm stalling. Amy Ryan. She's played by Amy Ryan, thank you, Mm -hmm. who plays Holly Flax on The Office, most notably Michael Scott's um, love interest. And so when... When you do those kinds of things of having actors from it that were also on a TV show that you reference, yeah. I think that's super fun. Me too. So um, I'm going to kind of hijack four-dimensional toilets theory here. I, I kind of just am having fun seeing four-dimensional toilet. Yes. <laughs> I'm having fun imagining what a meeting of Chris Pratt and Andy Dwyer would be like. Well, so the most notable part about this, I mean, I'm the more avid Parks and Rec watcher than Spencer. But in the episodes, there are there's a string of episodes there that Andy Dwyer shows up 
and he's been off doing something else. He comes back, he's noticeably thinner, and his hair is dyed red mm-hmm. because he's been playing Peter Quill yep. and has just come off set and back over to the Parks and Rec set. So he's still Peter Quill as a handy one. <laughs> so that's I mean, what kind of it almost I feel like now we're making a black hole and it's just like sucking in on itself and now so we've got this infinite loop. The way that I would make that make sense in my own mind is <laughs> that Andy Dwyer is a huge fan of Chris Pratt and so Ooh. he's he <laughs> is trying to emulate him and so he he lost lost weight, got in shape and dyed his hair to look like uh, Chris Pratt. Well, my act is similar yeah. because Chris Pratt is Chris Pratt. <laughs> so, then, so then now do you think he's acting like Chris Pratt from Jurassic World? <laughs> <laughs> Andy Dwyer is all into dinosaurs now. And April Ludgate's just super annoying. It's like, oh my god, yes. shut up, Andy. <laughs> oh, I love it. So, um, yeah, I love this theory. Honestly, I mean, if you go multiversal enough i mean we're all loving the multiverse moment we're having right now in pop culture here in 2022 all of these multiverses and in some instances it is the exact same person on a different earth being this person and in some instances it's a totally different person (laughs) there are no rules (laughs) so i totally see chris pratt being a separate entity from andy dwyer (laughs) but it's still been looking like I, I think people would be like, oh my God, they're doppelgangers or something. Yeah, and, and that's what I was going to say. Like, more based in, in reality, I, I do kind of believe in the whole doppelganger thing just because I've seen it with so many different people before uh, that there's at least one person out there that looks very closely to what you look like. And mm-hmm. so that could be the, the doppelganger. They could be each other's doppelgangers in, in this universe. So I found two more points to this theory in the comments. Oh, um, good. This person says in one episode, a kid is seen wearing a Star-Lord costume. That's right. Oh, uh, yeah. On Halloween. Um, so the MCU definitely exists, or at least Guardians of the Galaxy does. Yep. And then another person says there's also the whole filibuster when Patton Oswalt ex- talks about the MCU for an extended Oh, period. yes. That was a fantastic <laughs> episode. Patton Oswalt. <laughs> oh, man. So many of the characters in Parks mm-hmm. and Rec as a whole i just i love yeah, them me too. so mm-hmm. much especially yeah. the little extra characters my i have a favorite towns person by the way we'll have to talk about this off mic okay. later oh, i think I, I know who, who it might be i bet you know who <laughs> she is and um my absolute favorite but um so yeah do anything do y'all want to say anything else are we ready to rate it i'm, I'm ready to rate yeah. i mean i i'm a genius on the i'm genius level genius? on this i love it <laughs> i think it's genius i think that i mean Yes, especially the whole idea of Andy Dwyer wanting to look like Chris Pratt. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. You just made four-dimensional toilet. I got to say it again. Their theory even better by including that. So, yes, I'm going with genius level on this. What about you, Michael? I agree. I'm, I'm at genius level on this. I just... I love the idea of it. And like you said before, I just love the idea of Chris Pratt meeting Andy Dwyer and the conversation they would have. <laughs> oh, yes. he would, uh, he, yeah. Chris Pratt would walk away and be like, who names a band Mouse Rat? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I don't know. I think it's plausible. I wouldn't say it's genius, though, because, I mean, they wrote like three paragraphs to back up their point. <laughs> well, yeah, and every point needs somebody to poop on it. Yep. That's yeah. your job to <laughs> Got a lot of poop to give. (laughs) (laughs) Apparently, I don't know. (laughs) Hey, Matt. Did you know that wombats poop cubes? Nope. Never heard that before. 
Did you know the unicorn is the national animal of Scotland, Ken? I didn't know, nor do I care. Neil, did you know that Liechtenstein is the only doubly landlocked country in Europe? Jeff, isn't that an American pop artist? Well, actually, it's both. If you want to learn things like that and more, join us each week on Triviality, a pub trivia-style game show podcast where a lack of seriousness meets a little bit of knowledge. Listen in each week to answer general knowledge trivia alongside exciting guests from around the world. And we're here, too. Join us every Tuesday for new hour-long episodes of Triviality, plus tons of extra theme content on everything from The Office and Lord of the Rings to science and geography. And sometimes we even do sports. Find us on all your preferred podcast apps and take part in the fun of playing bar trivia without the need to wear pants. Real mature, Jeff. Forget it, Neil. It's Triviality. Monsters are as old as humanity itself. Monsters embody our fears. Yet, they help us define the boundaries of what it means to be human. We know most monsters aren't real. Yet, we can use monsters to learn about reality, psychology, biology, folklore, literature, critical thinking. We're on a journey to learn about the world through the lens of monsters. And we hope you'll come along with us. Subscribe at monstertalk.org. Michael, let's go back to you. Awesome. Uh, this next one's also pretty short. Uh, this is one that I found that I, I think is a lot of fun. Um, it comes from Lemony Soda 60432 on Reddit. Uh, their theory is that Herbie is a Decepticon gone AWOL. <laughs> and I... Specifically, we're talking about the love bug. Yes. <laughs> I... I <laughs> Watched the Love Bug movies as a kid. I thought they were great. What about Lindsay Lohan movies? Um, no, we don't talk about those. Just yeah, like I now. never saw any of those, but I watched the old ones yeah. too. Um, like, was it Buddy Hackett? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. But I, even more so, absolutely loved Transformers. I grew up watching the cartoon. <laughs> I, I I love all the movies. I, I know people hate on the Michael Bay movies. I personally love them. They're like one of my... Uh, go-to uh, movie series to watch during the summertime. It's just a fun popcorn experience for me. Mm-hmm. So I, I had to, I had to go with this. So basically, they say in the 1969 movie The Love Bug, Herbie is shown to be sentient, playing pranks and generally being rowdy to his owner until he discovers a love of racing. He is loving it until Jim buys a new Lamborghini, and then Herbie gets jealous and dispatches the Lambo quite violently for a little bug. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Lemony Soda says, I think he was a Decepticon at one point and saw the atrocities that they committed and swore to never go back. He stole a ship, fled to this one random planet, and landed in West Germany circa 1963. <laughs> He noticed all the destroyed buildings and had a PTSD attack. <laughs> he ran and hid and scanned the first thing which he saw, um, which was a 63 beetle in pearl white sitting in a parking lot with a ton of other brand new beetles. He hid among them and was put on a boat and shipped to the USA. He laid low for a few years until he met Jim, the first person that was actually nice to him in his whole life. And this is where the love bug starts. <laughs> oh, I, I, I love this so much. (laughs) Like first off, just the, the idea of a villainous character becoming good is always something that I love in in any story. I think it's a a great thing to add and it just makes me happy whenever that happens because it's all about forgiveness and redemption, uh, which is a whole nother tangent we could go on to, but just the idea of like thinking back about the things that, that Herbie the love bug does in the movie 
it, yes. it, it totally lends to this theory, in my opinion. Because I just distinctly have a memory of him like opening his front hatch and like swallowing somebody in yeah. there. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, back then, this was just comedy. Today, it some of the stuff that he does could be seen as a little violent, you know? <laughs> and and I just think it's hilarious. And terrifying. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, like, I am I am totally on board with this theory. I I don't think they need any more points. Like I, I think it's pretty solid what they what they came <laughs> up with, but I want to know what you guys think. Um, you know, I saw the Love Bug maybe once. I mean, once, maybe twice when I was very little. So I unfortunately can't contribute much to this discussion. Um, I know what the Love Bug is. I know what Transformers are. So sure, I think Herbie. Except the biggest flaw in this theory is that Decepticons did not exist in 1969. How do you know? Because they hadn't been created yet. How do you know? When did the first person come up with the Transformers intellectual property? Well, was that set in real time? I don't know. Well, you don't know then. I guess we have to decide at what point we're detaching from the creator of a creation of creativity (laughs) or, or a... We're viewing this as a snapshot in time of an event that's happening. See, the way I view this, I view it as like we're looking at the universe that Herbie the Love Bug is set in. Okay. Mm -hmm. And Transformers are part of that same universe, you know? And so the Transformers, (laughs) I mean, they they could have been around for, I mean, even in the lore for Transformers, they've been around for thousands of years on their Mm -hmm. home planet. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until um the 80s uh, our time that they actually started showing up at least in the the cartoon it, it obviously changes in the in the modern movies and stuff but but they could have been in hiding exactly that time, exactly like and, was. and actually in in um dark of the moon the third michael bay movie um they talk about how there have actually been transformers hidden on earth since like ancient times you Boom. know and yes. yeah so it's very plausible to me that that this could be a Decepticon that, that defected. And... I just, I so, love the fact that he gets jealous of the Lambo. Yes. <laughs> I, and dispatches I it up. quite yep. violently for a little bug. So yep. what is their, do they have an explanation in the movie for why it's sentient? Uh, no. No? Did it's they just... need it? It was 1969. Yeah, yeah, they didn't really have to explain. People, people were a lot more willing to just accept things back this then. This is the, I mean, what, What's 15, that? 20 years before that, they made Flubber. Yeah. They, I mean, sorry. Yeah. The Nutty Professor, or Abs- Absent-Minded Professor. Or which the was the Professor? No, it was the, the Absent-Minded Professor, which was the original movie with Flubber starring Fred Murray. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, did they... I mean, did they really go dive deep into the science of how he made Flubber? I don't think no. they did. Although, I mean pretty good visual effects for the time period of how yeah. they made the basketball players jump around the gym. Yeah. <laughs> and and I've some, an argument that I've had with most of the general public, especially today is that people tend to overanalyze things and need things to be too realistic mm-hmm. in movies mm-hmm. nowadays. And, and well, it, I don't think it has to be. I think like for me, watching a movie is escaping from reality and, uh-huh. and being able to experience the things that, couldn't really happen in in our reality and just enjoying that and seeing like what it would be like to be in that type of situation i can somewhat 
log on to that mindset except for when I'm watching Avengers Endgame. Oh, boo. You don't have to bring that up here. Um, I can even see it as like the Lambo could have been a Decepticon come to Earth to bring Herbie back yep. who was trying to really lay low under the radar around yeah. the people. Didn't realize that Herbie was like good with Jim. So he was able to show Jim everything like the Lambo was trying to keep it on under wraps. Yeah. And that's how. Herbie was like, ha ha, you can do whatever you want here, but you won't. I will. Got rid of him. Yep. So I like yes. That. Okay, then. Yeah. <laughs> Although Herbie wouldn't call anybody an idiot. No. So no. He's the love bug. Yeah. Did you watch the Lindsay Lohan movies? No. Oh. The way you asked the- it, I thought you were like ready to defend. No. <laughs> I watched The Parent Trap. Oh. That's the only Lohan thing. Mm. I watched Freaky Friday. And I have to tell you, I'm a fan of that Freaky mm-hmm. Friday, mainly it because of Jamie Lee Curtis. Good. Oh, yeah. you watched Mean Girls too? I did watch Mean Girls. What else? Oh, that's all the low hands. You don't oh. mess with the low hand. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, that's you don't mess with the Zohan. Zohan. <laughs> Zohan. We watched, what was the uh, Prairie Home Companion? Yes, that's a good movie. She's in that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Anyway. So, so is... I, think, I think we're ready to rate this. Right? I think we are. Cool. Well, I'm going to go ahead and start it. And I... You probably already know this. I'm going to say genius. I just love this idea. <laughs> I think this is better than the actual canon that they have for Herbie the Love Bug. Like, I want this to be the real thing. I feel like there probably isn't any canon, so that's why <laughs> yeah. they made this thing. Yeah. <laughs> it was just like, oh, Herbie's there. This explains why he's there. Yes, yes. I I, I don't have as much invested in the Love Bug <laughs> or in Transformers and Decepticons, so... I think just because I don't have as much invested, I'm going to have to go with a plausible, but I definitely see yeah, it as, fair. yep, we're, this is it. This is the thing. I'm going to say it's unlikely. You're I think right. it's fun. It's enjoyable to think about. It's funny, especially the violent little bug. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's unlikely. Boo. Okay. Yeah. Shall we move on? Yes. Here's another little fun one. Um, Doc tested the time machine before Marty got to the mall. This comes from user LR2. <laughs> or the second. Or the second. <laughs> Maybe, yes. So in this is just talking about in Back to the Future that Doc had actually used the time machine before Marty did. Um, so this is, I think, a direct quote from the script, or at least, yeah, from the script. Um, In other news, officials at the Pacific Nuclear Research Facility have denied the rumor that a case of missing plutonium was, in fact, stolen from their vault two weeks ago. Olivian terrorists, the cutest little terrorists ever. (laughs) Gotta watch out for those Olivian terrorists. I mean, they'll bite your ankles. (laughs) (laughs) Olivian terrorist group had claimed responsibility for the alleged theft. However, officials now attribute the discrepancy to a simple clerical error. The FBI, which is investigating the matter, had no comment. This line is spoken by a newsreader at the beginning of the first movie. And to me, quote, down to a clerical error, end quote, suggests that they documented that it was missing, but later found that it wasn't. I think Doc used the time machine to go back and replace the material at some point after he had stolen it. You'd think this would be a small change, but the more you think about it, the more things click into place. For example, why did Doc hold Marty in front of a speeding car that he hadn't tested before? Throughout the films, Doc seems opposed to getting Marty into very much danger. He demands he stay hidden in 1955, seeks out and shoots him down in the Old West, and takes a lightning strike to get him home. 
This doesn't sound like a man who would stand in the path of a speeding vehicle. Similarly, why would he risk the life of his dear hound to the experiment? His dear hound. His name is Einstein. <laughs> but if you think that Doc had pr privately tested the time machine beforehand and everything he did for the camera was just to show, then his actions make more sense. And that's the theory. Mm. Shall we discuss? Yes. All right. I want to hear y'all's thoughts. Yeah. I, I am just going to jump right into it. I think that this is... I mean, it makes a lot of sense because Doc is the kind of person where he seems to like have all the bases covered all the time. He always thinks of everything. Mm -hmm. And so it does make sense that he would have already tested because as, as the, the post says, like, he doesn't want to put Marty in any danger. And that's right. one of his big priorities. So it wouldn't, it really wouldn't make sense to him for him to test a brand new time machine that he hasn't tested on anything else before, you know. Right. And I feel like, because his present, like, 1985 I think it's 85, yeah. mm -hmm. awareness of the machine doesn't seem as, like, I mean, and maybe it's because he's actually been working on the machine, whereas when he goes back to 1955, that doc has not started. I think he just had the idea or something like that okay. at that point. Um, but at the same time, when I was first reading this... I was thinking of some instances when 1955 Doc is talking to Marty about some of these things, and there are just some little things, and I don't know if it's just Christopher Lloyd's performance or maybe if it's me misremembering things, of there's some things that Doc doesn't seem too surprised about yeah. or he seems very knowledgeable about that he shouldn't be yet, especially about the whole, like, if if he had just had the idea about the time machine, how does he know about like the whole maintaining the sp space time continuum? So don't see yourself. You don't interact with yourself. Don't interact with you. Yeah. Stay away from your parents. Oops. I've already ran into him. Like, how is he aware of that already? If he just had that idea, unless it's like a, I don't know, a theory of relativity thing he's been thinking of since he was a kid. I don't know. There's just some things that make me go. I, I do see that maybe he has already messed around with this. Yeah. And I would say that, Everything that he, like, in the present time, 85, when he's talking about it, everything he just says with such certainty, like, mm -hmm. this mm -hmm. is at 88 miles per hour but, or whatever, mm -hmm. this is what's going to happen. And yeah. it's like, obviously know exactly what yeah. speed. It's like, that would, would be a test. A, yeah, would you do a mathematical equation to come to that? Or would it have to be through practical testing? Yeah, because even, even with like mathematical equations and stuff like science is not exact mm -hmm. it's never exact you would still you, have to you, test it yeah, first exactly. to make sure that to verify that that yeah. theory the 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 equation might be right but you're not going to know until you test it out that's mm -hmm. right exactly and he doesn't say should or hopefully at he says this is at. it mm -hmm. yeah he's he's definite he's for sure if that's how it's going to be which some people might chalk that up to just arrogance on his part, but mm -hmm. I don't see that. Like, I, nah. it doesn't seem as viable of a... He's not that kind of scientist. Yeah, yeah. Like, he, he's proud of his work, but he's not the type to brag about it, you know? Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, any, anything else you want to discuss about this? Throw in there? I mean, I, I think the good arguments toward this is definitely, kind of like you mentioned, like, why would he put marty in danger you know sacrifice risk his life and einstein yeah. um again those are more examples of that certainty those things that he's he knew it was gonna be fine yeah mm -hmm. 
And I've seen another theory before. I don't know if y'all have seen this about like how Doc was at the suicidal stage at this point in the movie. So like he was messing around Which with point stuff. In the movie? I think just at the beginning of oh eighty five. Mm-hmm. So he was like doing this because he didn't care one way or the other what happened to mm-hmm. him. But maybe that he was at that point, and then he did test it, and then he knows what happens, and he comes back and he's like, okay, this works, and I don't know. There's just some, some of these theories can work together, sort of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, I feel like we've, I think that's good. Why don't we yeah. go ahead and rate it? Okay. I'll let y'all go first. Um, I, I, I think it's plausible. I agree. I'm going to go with plausible on this. With- I mean, I feel like just honestly, when you think about the actual movie itself, mm-hmm. the screen craft of it, mm. The script is not the strongest, <laughs> like mm-hmm. most like surefire, dependable thing there. Mm-hmm. So I don't know that if you paste this onto that script, that script can support the weight of it. Mm-hmm. But I can see that they could fit together. Yeah. 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 I'm I'm also going to give it plausible because it, it makes sense. Yeah. With, other, with all the other things that we are like suspending our disbelief for in this movie, this isn't that much more of a stretch. Exactly. To mm-hmm. add into that that story aha uh-huh. yeah. so now things don't have to all be just so definite right right unless we're talking about avengers endgame <laughs> or herbie or herbie that's <laughs> <laughs> where i draw the line <laughs> <laughs> all right well let's um we've had some good theories you all y'all had some good uh choices selections thank you thank so, you so um i'll read one more for this episode um and this is i loved this one um, so this is from Mimi the Brave, and Mimi says, I believe I have figured out why there are flowers above SpongeBob and Bikini Bottom. <laughs> so Mimi says, this had been bugging me for years. What the, are flower? I'm going to beep it. <laughs> oh, wait, they were They're thinking, not going <laughs> to say that. Just say what the heck. Okay. Right. Okay. <laughs> what the heck are flowers doing in the sky? Well, my friends, I think I've solved the mystery. They're boat propellers. If you look at a picture of present-day Bikini Bottom, you will see flowers all above the sky, but those flowers very much resemble boat propellers. Some propellers have three, some have five, some have three or four. (laughs) It's, It's a mixed bag, but they're all propellers. Obviously, they would appear in the sky above Bikini Bottom since the ships are on top of the ocean. There would be distortion through all that water as well, which explains why some flowers are kind of wonky. But my theory doesn't end here. Episode 14, Season 1, sees Squidward accidentally freezing himself and ending up in the future made completely of chrome. He then sends himself back in time with the convenient time travel room and ends up in prehistoric Bikini Bottom. If you look at the sky, it's green with no flowers. Of course, there wouldn't be propellers since man hasn't evolved enough to create boats or propellers. I rest my case. Thank you for reading. So first off, I'd like to just throw in there when when Mimi the Brave says some propellers have four, some have five, some have three. Mm-hmm. She's referring to the propeller blades. Yes. That's what she means there. Or She left out a word. Yeah, the propeller blades. Some, have, <laughs> some propellers have four. Four what? <laughs> <laughs> So that's what that's what that meant. Mm-hmm. So um, I watched SpongeBob when I was a yes, kid. Yes, you did. Um, I could <laughs> do some quotes and some songs and stuff. 
Mm-hmm. What about y'all? Did y'all watch SpongeBob? I I think I was a little too old for it. Yeah, I never got into it. Never really had any interest in it. Mm-hmm. I think it was I was just old enough to where it was a little too young for me, a little too right, immature. Exactly. And then I just never got into it after that point. It was nothing too immature for me. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I liked like the first the first couple years of SpongeBob, and after that, it started mm-hmm. getting just dumb. Um, I mean, it was dumb to begin with, but dumber, mm-hmm. dumb and dumber. Er. <laughs> um, but it's it's funny. But anyway, that's this is a great thing because it's like it's a thing you see all the time, right? It's in the background, and you just kind of assume or you don't really pay attention to it. It's like it's just scenery, whatever. But this is a fun explanation for what it is. I mean, Definitely. it wouldn't make sense that they were flowers like that big. Mm-hmm. and in different and floating, and in, the floating water. in the water yeah and so like i can if you're a fish number one you, whatever you look at in the water is gonna not look like what it's supposed to because you're a fish but also the water <laughs> you've got fish eye you know how that's like an effect on things and then when you're looking through the water um like <laughs> you missed the motion um and there's like the lighting is different depending on like how the sun hits it or if there's a tree covering the light rays um it just kind of will distort the shape of the propellers the only thing is they're not spinning <laughs> they're, they're stationary they're, do you know why why oh they're fishing um <laughs> this is where all the fish are okay and the propellers aren't mo- moving because that would scare away the fish there is an episode <laughs> where they play on lures like they sit on the lures <laughs> and then I forget what they, it's, it's an activity of they call they it. Of course they would. And then SpongeBob I, would do his laugh. I, yeah. It's so fun. I forget what they call the activity, but they would sit on the little hooks of the lures and the fishermen will pull them up and they and go, they jump Wee! off. And then they float back down to the bottom. Oh my gosh. But then, of course, the conflict comes when SpongeBob's pants get caught on a hook. Oh no. I think it's SpongeBob. One of them gets caught. And so they have to deal with that. But mm. um, yeah, what do y'all think? So I don't have a whole lot of skin in this because, <laughs> like I said, I, I never really cared for SpongeBob. But I will say, just based off of what I've heard in this theory, one way that I could possibly poke a hole in it is what if it's water lilies? Like those just rest on the water surface. It could still be flowers. Mm-hmm. Or wait, they said that it is flowers. Yeah, so like like not poking a hole in it to support the, the theory is, is like, Water lilies rest on the flowers and stuff. Um, no, they're saying they're not flowers. I mean, they look like flowers, but they aren't flowers. Okay, they're saying. gotcha. I see now. Okay, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, poking a hole in it. They It could be flowers like water lilies or something like that that does rest on the surface of the water. But, I mean, the boat thing makes sense, too. It could be propellers, you know, especially with the, the lures that you were just talking about. Mm-hmm. Have and- you ever seen a water lily with three petals? And they don't face down. What about five? They sit on top of a lily pad. And they aren't. Where are there lilies in the ocean? Oh, in salt water. I don't no. know. I I honestly have no reference for this show. I don't know what's <laughs> going on with it, so I don't even know what it I looks mean, like. You're just trying to do devil's advocate. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. yeah, that's your job. Because I mean, at this point, it's like it's SpongeBob. Like, <laughs> is there really like any point to arguing? Yeah. Against it? Yes. I mean, I definitely believe that. Because honestly, I can't conjure in my mind what these supposed flowers look like except for maybe like that screen that says three hours later well, like that's it that's right it now. oh thank you let's 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 clickety clack it yeah this will be my first time ever seeing these flowers 
Oops. Not a bikini. <laughs> there you go. People have actual bikini, flowered bikini bottoms. Okay. Yeah. I see it. Yeah. I can could, you see the picture? Yeah, that could be propellers. I could see it being propellers, and I also see in this universe, they would have brightly colored propellers on their boats. Yeah. Honestly, <laughs> it's it's the world of SpongeBob. It doesn't have to make sense. That's the main point I'm trying to yeah. say here. Yeah. We've got a plankton whose child is like a whale. Yeah. So no, like excuse me, that is a crab. Mr. Crab's <laughs> oh, daughter is Pearl the whale. Yes. A crab, <laughs> a crustacean who fathered, sired a we whale. We never yeah. say that it's genetic. <laughs> but we do know that plankton is 1% evil, 99% hot gas. Okay. Thank, mm-hmm. Thanks. Mm. Karen. Her name's Karen, by the way. <laughs> um, I believe it. Okay. Okay. So. All right. So what do you, what do you think? I, I, I'm going to go with plausible for this, mm-hmm. for this theory. Yeah. I mean, it's plausible. Like I said, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't care one way or the other, but it's, it's plausible. <laughs> <laughs> Hmm. Are you really having to spend this much time thinking well, about it? Well, I'm just it? trying to imagine because I know SpongeBob. Yeah, but if you think, let me see. What if they're all flowers on people's bikini bottoms? Like we just okay like that? <laughs> it's bikini bottom after all. I don't because I was gonna think. Okay, are they still this, there at night? This is the actual the person's from. This is our. Users' oh. actual pictures. Reddit post. <laughs> yeah. Let's go to the actual Reddit post and see what they're looking at mm-hmm. here. There's a nighttime shot. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I mean, there are some night fishermen in some places of the world. And you see right there, they're not as they're different plentiful. sizes. They're only three. Yeah. At night, whereas during the day, it's like thirty. See. That's three. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I think it's plausible as well. All right, then. All right. Very good. Well, Laura. Spencer. Michael. Guys. <laughs> it's time to bring this episode to a close. But before we end, I want to share this fascinating movie detail discovered by Advocate Saint. Did you know that for Justice League, the 2017 version, Ezra Miller rigorously trained for six months in the art of running? The results look impressive, and you can barely notice that he moves like he's never seen a human being running before. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this has been Fan Theory Queries. I'm Laura. I'm Michael. And I'm Spencer. Don't miss our next episode where we wonder, in Hey Arnold, was Arnold's room originally used by his grandparents to grow pot? When it comes to work, communication is key. Even if you don't have a writing job, sounding unconfident, indecisive, or passive-aggressive can hold you back professionally and hurt your team's productivity. Grammarly Premium's advanced tone suggestions make sure you're always sending the right message. Sound clear and confident in your writing and automatically replace negative-leaning language with solution-focused alternatives. With Grammarly's help, you can build stronger relationships at work, be constructive in the face of challenges, and help your team get things done. 
Grimly works where you do, so your team's projects get done before the deadline. And with features like comprehensive spelling, grammar, and clarity-focused sentence rewrites, Grammarly helps keep your writing efficient and mistake-free. The right tone can move any project forward. Get it just right with Grammarly. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to sign up for free. Then get 20% off when you upgrade to premium. That's 20% off at Grammarly.com slash podcast.